Now on Giddy Up, it's time for Trial Time with Dean Watling. Trial Time time, Dean Watling joining Gareth Hall and of course Mickey Gavin who's joining me in the studio this morning for Giddy Up. Welcome back Dino and there's plenty to discuss with Trial Time. Some nice horses resuming and some youngsters impressing at the trials. Yeah, it's an outstanding week uh, for trials. Gareth, good morning again to you and Gano in the studios. Um, saw a really good set at Rose Hill on Monday, which um, you sort of identify one or two sets of trials in the autumn and the spring that really produce a lot of winners. And I think that's one we can um, come out of. We've got a lot of races, the size, the Percy Sykes, a lot of um, horses and two-year-olds, especially lining up for big events that we can chime into futures markets and hopefully get a couple of winners. And thanks to firstlightracing.com.au. They do a wonderful job, First Light Racing. Uh, Mark Newton joins us here on Trial Time. And it's always great to catch up with our trainers to pick their brains and get this insight into the way that they trial their horses. And Mark joins us now. Good morning to you, Mark. Um, we appreciate your time as always. Trialling your horses. Have you got a certain philosophy, especially um, with the youngsters? What do we need to look for from your stable? Oh, look, I, I genuinely like my horses ridden in a positive manner um, and that's from jump outs, trials so that um, come race day they're well adapted to that um, but there's certain horses you just have to change things up with um, you know I'm fairly open to the way I'll have them ridden on race day but you know facts and figures tell you that you know it's a, it's a lot more advantageous to sit in the first you know, first part of the field in the first four than it is in the back four. So um, I'd prefer to have my horses um, train like that from an early stage so that um, come race day, they're, they're, they're sharp out of the barriers, they're in position, they don't pull. Um, you know, it allows them to make their own luck virtually. Good morning, Mark. It's Dean Watling here, mate. Thank you for joining us again on Trial Time. It's going to be a great chat and I'm keen to get insight into what you do at the trials. Um, talk to me about distances. We've got a couple of different trainers on who have a lot of opinion about distances. John O'Shea was sort of echoing his thoughts that he doesn't like those trials under 700, 800 metres. He, he likes to see his horses over 900, 1,000 to get a real idea. Do you, do you read into the similar philosophy there or do you sort of use those 700, 700 800 metre trials? If, if I've, at Ramwick, um, when we use the steeple grass, there's only, there's 740 1,050 or 1,200. 740's okay to get them started, but very, very rarely do I run a horse off a 740 trial. Um, uh, you know, the facts are that if, if you trial over 740 and go straight to the races, you rarely win. Um, and, and they're just, they're not much of a guide. They're a little bit of education, not much of a guide. So, um, you know, two-year-olds I've got trialling next week, uh, first-time trialers, last set of trials were in 740s and they'll go to a 1,050 trial next time. Uh, it's just a true guide of where they're at and, and, and certainly a, a, a better base of fitness for them when they do go to the races. So, Mark, you spent a lot of time with Gay Waterhouse and you just mentioned that you like to give your horses strong trials to teach them to be in the, the first four. That's how you like your team to race. Um, we see a lot of horses from different stables that get back in their races and I've always found it fascinating is that why don't more stables um, take on that, that philosophy that you need to be in the first four? Is that something that you believe working with Gay and now um, being a successful trainer in your own right, that you can actually teach horses to settle in the first half? 
Oh, absolutely. But but you've got to you've got to be a little more flexible with horses that that just don't. Um, uh, but I think if you're if you're going to um, want them ridden positively on race day, as a trainer, you've got to make sure they're fit enough. And that's the difference. If you're going to if you're going to have them ridden conservatively, um, you probably don't need to have that same level of fitness because you're asking more of the horse right from the jump. But um, I like to have my horses uh, very fit, have them generally on pace, and take a lot of the bad luck out of the equation. Um, you know, if if you're not prepared to send them to the races fit and ready to go, we probably have to ride them a little more conservatively just because they'll blow out earlier in the run if, if you haven't got them quite fit enough. Mark McGannon here. Just a uh, quick question from a punter's perspective, and I see a lot of intent from your stable, especially you know, often we'll see Josh Parr booked to ride a horse in the trial and, and then on race day. Is there is there an angle from punters, you know, even Tyler potentially maybe filling that void now, if we see that in a trial, is that suggesting that's a better horse, better quality horse coming through your stable? No, not really. Um, you'll see with nearly every runner I have, um, it'll be Josh Parr, Tyler Schiller, or Tom Sherry. Um, I, I, I find I get a lot better results by keeping things consistent. So those boys ride them work, they ride them in jump outs, they ride them in trials. So that um, you know, when we do come to race day, there's not um, there's not many many variables. Um, so they know the horse as well. They know how I want them ridden. Um, they know what I want in certain certain circumstances. You know, if we've got a horse that's ridden on pace and, and suddenly is slow away, my pet hate is then to use that horse and push it into a position. Um, I'd rather just go to plan B than and have that horse ridden ridden back and running on. Uh, it might not work that time, but it very, very rarely works if you have a horse miss the start and then and then push forward. Um, quite often with my apprentices, I'll, I'll make them watch the Bel de Jour Golden Slipper mm-hmm. and tell them if you can win a Golden Slipper doing that, you can win any race doing it. So um, it, it's... From my point of view, it's more about keeping it consistent between those three jockeys. And obviously, you know, if if um, James McDonald could ride every runner I had, I would probably take that. And that's not to say that, um, you know, the boys I use aren't very good jockeys because the three of them are. But, um, you know, chopping and changing like a lot of stables do, I just don't see the point in that. I think you you lose... You lose a lot of consistency by by doing that, and I found that you know we have a high percentage of winners by keeping things very uniform. Now, Mark, tracks are, are really key, especially in Sydney. And there's quite a diverse uh, range of tight zoning tracks, longer straights, and your strike rate at both Warwick Farm and Wyong, which are your, your tighter sort of tracks, um, is outstanding. Do you find having a smaller stable allows you then to place your horses, say, uh, in these tracks and in better races first up um, to get that better strike rate? The perfect example is Cool Jakey, who you placed really well last week to victory, was nominated early in the week, you opted for the Wednesday race and it bolted in. Do you find that edge um, having that small style stable? Oh, definitely. Um, but um, that's that's me doing uh, having 
he's not a huge team, being able to do that individually so that, um, you know, I don't have a racing manager, I don't have teams of people advising me. Um, I, I, I do those things myself. I do the programming and and uh, and accepting myself and, and make the decisions on whether a horse, you know, runs it, you know, wild or, or Warwick Farm like it was last week. Um, and I find... That way, you've only got one person to blame as well if it doesn't work out. But, um, you know, I have a good handle on, on each of my horse's ability because I don't have a, have a huge team. I still ride some work. Um, you know, I see every horse every day, which, um, you know, in the, in the day of mega stables we have now, um, I'm not sure that, that that sort of system would suit me. I know they do it very well, but um, I prefer to have a bit more control over over things. Yeah, now, on trial time, Mark, we're all about making money. So it would be, um, we need to find some money and need to back some wins over the weekend. Um, actually, one of the really good listeners on our program, Cliff McGrath, it's his Bucks party on Saturday. He'll be on course at Flemington. He owns a share in your Galloper, Iowa. So can he win on Saturday? And if he can't win, is there a smart two-year-old or a three-year-old off the trials that we can black book and make some money in the next couple of weeks? Oh, look, I think uh, Iowa will run very well first up. Um, he he trialled terrific the other day. He's going 1,800 first up at Hawkesbury. Um, I've got two runners at Hawkesbury, which have both got good winning chances. The other horse is called King Adviso. He's been trialling very well. Um, he's Both of those will be ridden by my new apprentice, Jasper Franklin, who's moved down from... Uh, Coffs Harbour, he's outridden his country claim, but he still gets the luxury of um, having three kilo claim at, at provincial level. So, you know, for a kid who's already ridden 80 odd winners to still claim three kilos, um, you know, it's a fair advantage. Um, from the other horses that are that are coming up, I would say you can certainly keep following Cool Jakey, and I've got Matcha Latte in the Ramwick Guineas on Saturday, and he's come back very well. And just before we let you go, Mark, have you got any advice for my old mate, Mickey Gaddon? He's in his late 30s. He went for his first run there the other day in about three or four years. We all know the success rate that you've had with horses that have come out of retirement and perform well after two or three years off from Hong Kong. So what's your advice to Mickey G so he can get back winning races? Well, it's, 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 um, it's a very similar process, uh, training a horse as it is to a human yeah. Athletes. They're both athletes. And the, the hardest part is getting through um, with the horses, it, and it'll be the same for you, is that it, everything hurts. When you start exercising again, everything hurts. So the first part of that is is the hardest part I've found with, say, a horse like Sunshine Rising and, and, um, and Joyful Fortune, is you've got to keep keep them sound enough and, and motivated enough in that first month to six weeks. So um, it's generally steady, steady, steady um, and, and a lot of a lot of groundwork before you ask them to do anything too quickly. As humans, we tend to think we'll be able to do it, just do it in two days. I can just go for a run. I haven't done it for four years and I'll be fine, but um, you'll pull up horrendously. So... Um, <laughs> Uh, I'd, I'd suggest I'd suggest probably adding a bit of swimming to that, um, taking taking the concussion away, because yeah. uh, that's generally what works well with horses. So that uh, you build up gradually and and develop a a really good.
core fitness before you decide to do anything too strenuous. You're spot on, Mark. I did pull up three or five lame. Yeah. <laughs> we went straight into the interval training as well first up, which is an, which which isn't ideal, but I think he'll have joyful fortune written on his hand now um, every time he goes out and says, well, if Mark can get joyful fortune to do what he did, there is hope. Um, so, Well, I was uh, with him, I was at a stage where I didn't think we'd ever get to a trial, let alone... Yeah. Um, let alone a race. Um, but he, each week he gradually got a bit better um, and it was just mostly trial and error would be, go, okay, he's, he's moving really well this week, Let you know, let's give him a gallop. And then if he pulled up uh, a little bit ginger from that, you just backed off and a couple of days in the pool, go at the beach and then build up again until he got to a stage where by the run at Flemington when he won the Century Stakes, he would have run through a brick wall. He was he was feeling, you know, he was feeling invincible. It didn't last, but um, uh, the problem was getting him going for a second prep, and it uh, looked to be going well. But um, and then his knee gave way again. But uh, I think that was probably always a matter of time. Not, you know, it was going to be when, not if. Yeah, you're you're a genius to do what you've been able to do with those two horses, mate. We could talk all day. It's a wonderful insight and. Um, it's easy to work out why when we, when you listen to you talk about your training philosophies, you've had um, so much success in the early part of your career um, since you've been on your own, mate. So job well done. We do really appreciate your time here on Trial Time on Giddy Up and good luck over the weekend and the rest of the carnival, mate. Thanks, guys. He's a star, Mark Newnham there. It's 10.17. We'll take a break. We'll come back and find out what Dino's liking from the trials this week with Trial Time. Gareth Hall, Mickey Gaddon and... The man who is the man that's um, been dominating the trials for, I don't know, years now, Mickey G. His name's Dean Watling. He'll be going through his best trial straight after this. This is trial time. Gareth Hall with you, Mickey Gannon and Dean Watling. Dean, let's go through your star trialers from the week. And we're heading to Wyong and uh, one horse from the Rhine and Alexio stable. What can you tell us there? Well, um, this was easily the pick of the trials at Wyong, um, over 845 metres. This filly looks certainly above average. It's the second trial. She's shown speed in both her trials and really stamped herself in the latest trial with a dazzling display. The overall time was the fastest, clearly, of the morning. I just love how strong she was through the line as well. And these two-year-old Russian revolutions, uh, more often than not, they can race and they can run fast. So Ballroom Bella... Clearly the pick out of the Wyong set there, G. And you found a few at Rose Hill. Mara News has set up their stable, of course, a few years back now, but they're building at Warwick Farm, and they produced a nice youngster there the other day in Sydney at Rose Hill at the trials. Yeah, it's always a good push, and Mara News are always bullish in the media that they send their best two-year-olds to Sydney. So the name of this two-year-old filly is Piz Invincible. Now, the breeding is immaculate with this two-year-old. She was a $550,000 Easter yearling purchase. Her dam is a half-sister to Animo, so you can't get better breeding to that. Um, the mother of that is uh, Animito, who was a Group 1 Oaks winner, three-time Group 1 runner-up, and a two-time Group 1 uh, winner. So her first trial over at 900 metres um, was sound. Weaved the passage, wasn't asked for much, but the latest was outstanding over 1,030 metres, which Mike Newton just touched on. That's the perfect trial set up, and I agree with him there. Um, lovely stride, lovely action. Time was outstanding, and there was a massive gap to third. So this horse is known for the Percy Sykes Gareth, and it still is $101 in the market. So punters out there, I would be jumping on that because I think this horse is very smart. Tis invincible. I'm excited. Love it.
What about, um, there's a few others there at that uh, Rose Hill trial set. And we'll go to one for the Snowdens. Yeah, Belly Ave is the name of this horse. 900 metres, Rose Hill hit out. $85,000 purchase. So not a top lot, but really impressed by another Russian Revolution two-year-old filly. Uh, love the way she found the line. She wears the triple crown, red colours. Um, really good through the post. Look for a second hit out now and she'll go to the races. Um, another one out of a similar heat there was Libertad for the Annabelle Nation stable. $210,000 purchase from the English ready-to-run sale. Um, had a nice trial first behind Red Resistance, which goes around in the Todman this weekend. The second was over 900 metres and snuck up on the rails under a firm grip and looked to have plenty under the hood. So that's a typical nation trial there by Libertad, but Bell Yave and Libertad, two to throw in the book as well. Love it. Um, and then you got another one at those um, trials, Annabelle Nisham, and then you got one for the Waterhouse and Bot Camp as well. Yeah, Autumn Bullet. This is one to really note down punters um, out of this set at Rose Hill. Um, I think she could be a really, really smart group-type, black-type filly. She's really well-bred, um, got a lovely action, lovely stride. It's probably not my normal type of black hooker horse. Um, did it really good in the first trial, and then the second trial, they wanted to figure out what's under the hood, and Tim Clark combined with Waterhouse and Bot, and this filly bolted in eight-length margin was on the bridle, lovely action. She's a half sister to, to Sellis, King's Command, um, Alberich, are all Group 1 readers, uh, runners. Sorry, So the pedigree's um, immaculate, and this horse looks to have a stack of ability for the Waterhouse and Bot Camp. All right, then you got one in Melbourne for us as well? Yeah, just the one out of Melbourne this week, out of the Cranbourne set, a horse by the name of Hedged, um, $140,000 Magic Means purchase, two-year-old Colt. Um, really nice winner on two occasions for Roller Dice Indications. Um, Love the way it expo- uh, responded. Clicked up twice, and each time I uh, found a length or two. So that's a good sign of a smart horse. So just the one from Melbourne this week, G, hedge for the Price and Kent Junior Stable. Dino, it's been absolutely sensational. You've been on five. Have we got any horses that we should be backing coming up? Um, it's a bit of a quiet week thus far, but Tis Invincible does go around in the Riesling this weekend. So that's a big watch. I think it's going to be a good horse to beat learning to fly, but that's a big watch. And nominations are just about to drop for your Friday and your Saturday. So I'm sure we'll touch on it on the weekend uh, preview tomorrow. Um, but nothing as yet. We had a nice winner last week on Friday, T Santuzzi. So yes. hopefully we can do another one this week. All right, then. What about this um, overnight? And we're proud of our, our colleague who joins us each and every week for the weekend preview. But roll the tape there, Ollie. Keats has set up a big lead. And with 100 metres left to go, Keats is looking at the Peninsula Cup and he'll get it. Keats goes down to score in good fashion. Did it nicely. Won it by three and a half. Yes, with um, it was the ninth most popular horse when it came to the voting for the All-Star Mile. And Dicko, congratulations on behalf of everyone here on Giddy Up. You did it. And uh, your team uh, have been sensational, but um, you should be proud. I think the racing's a real winner yesterday, last night, G. And I appreciate all the support of the SEN track team to uh, help us just you know, get us in this race, which we deserve to be in. I mean, at weight for age, probably needed 10, we probably deserve 10 or 15 kilos off Gold Trip, and we probably should have beat it on Saturday. So the horse is airborne, and we'll, we'll be hard to beat in the All-Star Mile. Well, the All-Star Mile, if you haven't looked, is weight for age as well. So you'll be giving... Um... Yeah, we we performed extremely well on Saturday versus the the best run in the Caulfield Cup, a very good run in the Cox Plate and the Melbourne Cup winner. So uh, I'm very, very confident 
Alligator Blood had a walk, a little walk us on there on Saturday. Andres and Co. Ain't going to hit them. Come um, on, so are you excited? What's the ownership group? What are they saying on your group messages? Just just very grateful and, and very excited for the three weeks to come. It's kind of like we're in the Super Bowl now. So we've got a three weeks to sort of uh, enjoy the, the journey and um, pace ourselves as best we can. But just excitement. How many times are you going to walk the track, Dicko? I'll be walking the track with a with a heavy roller <laughs> on the rail. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm looking forward to the preview because I've got a two year old. Hopefully, it gains a start in the Percy Sykes there in Sydney tomorrow. That I'll reveal the name for you after I watch its trial at Cranbourne. I've got a few little whispers that I heard on the grapevine. Um, so I'm looking forward to the preview tomorrow. And um, just before we let you go, guys, now Dicko, I know you love your rugby league, and Dean Watling, I know you love oh, your uh, your rugby league. Um, we'll have a tip-a-thon for the Rugby League here on the preview show. We might even see if we can get some of our colleagues at SEN Sydney, um, like maybe Jimmy Smith or... Um, um, get the missile. Yeah. Who's the missile? Magnuson. Oh, is he? A, yeah, he does the breakfast show. I've got to get up to date with that. Yeah, also, Joel, Joel, and, um, Joel and Fletch. So we'll see if they can take us on with our Rugby League tipping boys. How about that? Are you confident that you two can work together? As a team? Not at all. Of course. Um, I'll be captain coach of that team, G. I'll sort them out. And I, I'm more a super coach operator than a tipster in the Hugger League, but I'll do my best. Yeah, because if we don't heal as individuals, um, what's that saying off any given Sundays? Oh, Jess, you're on fire this morning, aren't you? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I'll oh, think about it. If we don't heal as individuals, I've got, you know the line, any given Sunday, Al Pacino there, Jack? No, I don't, mate. I'll just leave you there. Yeah. All right, thanks. <laughs> hey, good on you, Dicko. Well done. Work. Hey, I love you guys. Have a phenomenal day. Yeah. Bet till it hurts responsibly. Ugh, you're an idiot. You always have to say something outrageous and stupid by the end of the, every conversation. 1-800-858-858. Hey, good on you, Dino. You've been superb, mate. Thanks, fellas. Trial and, IQ. Yeah, again. Trial IQ. You like trial IQ? Yeah, I think it, it's won the battle, hasn't it? Well, yeah, it's come down to four now. Trial IQ, Hush, Whisper, or Trial Edge. Oh, God help Splinters. you, Dino. You just can't make a decision. Hey, thanks. We'll catch up with you tomorrow. Thanks, fellas. Right. Legend. See you, buddy. Let's, let's take the news. It's uh, not the news. Yes, the news at 10.30.